Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country, uh, representing approximately 1 million employees, which is about one quarter of New Jersey's workforce. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Awesome. Just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get this thing rolling. Uh, this show is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, show it some love. Comment, like, give it that five-star review on iTunes or whatever network you're watching the show on. Helps the algorithm find other listeners just like you. So with that out of the way... Our awesome guest today from McCarter in English is Frank Ferruja. Frank, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hello to all of you. And Kate and Vinny, thank you so much for having me on. Happy holidays to all. Oh, yeah, it's great. Actually, I, I don't know when this is going to air, but we're recording this prior to the uh, end of the year. So just there you go. Happy <laughs> but holidays. Yeah, happy holidays to you <laughs> and to all of our listeners belated out there, too. All right. Awesome. So uh, today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And that can be, um, I almost said home auto or workers comp, uh, but actually you could be binging <laughs> home auto and workers comp, right? Like th those yeah. things, you get a policy that's like 48 pages long. You know? <laughs> that's true. You totally could. Actually, what I mean is books, movies, TV, or food. Um, who wants to go first? Anybody? Why don't we start with Frank? What have you been doing lately? Well, as Kate knows, because we're both members of a uh, Philip Roth book club, um, I do love to read. It is one of my passions. And <clears throat> one of the one of the faults I have is I'll I'll read multiple books at the same time. It's a uh, it's a bad habit, but it depends on what mood I'm in or what time of the day uh, it is. So I'm currently reading three books at the same time. And interestingly, none of them are Philip Roth. <laughs> uh, one is a biography of uh, St. Francis, which is truly fascinating. A lot of things uh, about the origins of his life that I did not know. Um, I'm also rereading for the second time in many, many years, uh, Huckleberry Finn, uh, which is uh, truly interesting. Uh, and I'm slowly making my way through Don Quixote which uh, too many people have told me is the greatest book ever written. And I've got a terrific translation, but it, it seems a bit repetitive. Cahote goes off, he's got some adventure, he gets, you know, the living daylights beaten out of him, and then he moves on to the next adventure and he gets the living daylights beaten out of him again. So it's, it's a little repetitive, but I'm determined to get through it. So those are the three books I'm binging. Today and, we cover uh, it in a montage. <laughs> and recently... Uh, we just started uh, Secession on uh, on HBO, and uh, my wife and I are are binging binging on that. We're still in the first season, but it's it's caught our attention, and we love it. Cool. So I thought you said Secession, and I was like, is that a Civil War show? But then I got I, I caught up for a second. Succession. So I heard that some I have a friend who's binging that, and she's pretty deep, and she's like, at this point. There are no more redeeming people. Like it's hard to watch it because it's hard to root for anybody. Um, but that's been on my list for a really long time. 
I strongly recommend it. Uh, and after four or five episodes, your friend is correct. There are there are very few redeeming characters uh, on that show. So oh, hopefully you have a high tolerance for, uh, for that. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Vin, you want to go next? Um, I can't say I've envisioned it because I've been doing it week to week, but I, I'm really into Hawkeye right now. Um, so it's it's the Marvel show on Disney Plus. Um, if by when we're um, airing this, we we still have or when we're recording this, we still have one more episode left to air. So I don't know how it ends just yet, but it's it's sort of a um, I'll be home for Christmas kind of a take. Like they uh, Hawkeye needs to get home to his family for Christmas, but you know there's all these problems in the way before he can do it. So yeah, it's yeah. it's it's cute. I don't know. <laughs> I think the thing is, um, for the last couple of years, keeping up with the Marvel universe has been pretty easy because they maybe drop like a show, and then a couple months later, maybe there's another show. But now we're getting back into the what they'll call post-pandemic period, where every couple months you have a theatrical movie, and it's like if I don't catch that one, I'm gonna miss it, and then I'm you know off, and that's where I am right now, you know. Yeah. I, I got to finish this before I can go see Spider-Man. And then I'm sure there's something else coming out right after that. So, yeah. Nice. How about you? Uh, so I have two things. I am getting to the very end of Modern Family. And so for a while I was binging it like you, like you binge things, you know, like four or five episodes a night. But now I'm like rationing them because I'm in the last season. And I, I only let myself watch one show a night because uh, – I kind of don't really want to say goodbye to the family. Like, yeah. I just, I'm going to miss them so much. Um, and do you remember that movie, The NeverEnding Story? Of course. So I was mentioning to uh, one of my closest friends, Michael Hetrick, who's awesome, um, The NeverEnding Story, and I was just sort of reminiscing. And he was like, did you ever read the book? And I said, I didn't uh, even know that it was a book. And he gave me his copy of The NeverEnding Story, and I cannot put it down it really is how far into it are you though wonderful. i'm like 100 and change pages out of 400 yeah because okay so the beginning is great and then the middle is so slow and then it it like really? gets better towards the end yeah like Spoiler alert That's no, nice. i didn't tell you how it ends I, although you should have seen <laughs> the second movie by now <laughs> i don't know if i if it's necessary to put a spoiler alert on something that's Wait. like 20 30 years old wait there's a second movie how do i not know the that second movie is like the second half of the book um it's i i don't know like i there, there are liberties taken like it's not exact but you know it's basically the second half of the book you're blowing my mind right now i need to I like know. as soon as we I hang can't up you didn't know there was a second movie like, <laughs> well because the movie came i saw the movie before we had like the internet so it didn't yeah. occur to me like <laughs> i wouldn't have even if i had wanted to research it i couldn't have so Wow. I just feel like that was everywhere. Like, okay, so I've seen the second movie way more times than I've seen the first one, just because of how many times it was on TV when I was growing up. You know, it was one of those things, actually, like Modern Family, if it's on, I'll just, like, you know, watch it, you know. And it was like that with the second never-ending story movie. It was just like, if it was on, I'd throw it on, whatever. You're, um, you're literally blowing my mind right. I have, yeah. I cannot believe that you've seen it more times than you've seen the first one. I yeah. have to, I have to look into this immediately. If it wasn't for the fact that I, I'm not going to say recently, it was maybe like three years ago. If I hadn't recently read the book, I probably wouldn't remember the first movie very well at all. I should go back and rewatch that. If we weren't recording, I would, I would like literally pick up my phone and just start to, to Google. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad you're enjoying the book. It does end strong. I, I don't know. Um, 
I actually almost bought, like I was at a convention and somebody was selling, it was like a, a $200 copy of that book where um, they had made it where, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, Oren, the, uh, the medallion was mm. um, like metallic and out like on the cover oh, wow. of the book. It was hard. It had like, you know, the gold side. Mm -hmm. it, it was beautiful, but I was like, no, I don't like the book that much. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I will say I'm still working my way through the the Philip Roth biography. Frank and I both bought it at the same time, and I bought the the Kindle version, and then the author had a little bit of a scandal, and so the production or the publisher stopped production, I think. So because I it occurred to me that there are literally only a certain number of hardback copies. I bought a hardback as well because I'm like it's an investment. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I it depends I, on how bad the scandal was. It was pretty bad. I, I hate that I put money into his pocket, but I'm really glad that I own a hardback version of that book, and it continues to put me to sleep at night. <laughs> I, I own a hard copy too, and uh, Kate, you know, I put it down after about a hundred pages. I'd rather read Roth than read about Roth. Yeah. Too much detail uh, for me in that bio, but like you, I may pick it up again at some point and see what it's about yeah interesting well, on that note tell us what to do for mccarter in english well i'm i'm in my 40th plus year at the firm hard to believe that's impressive impossible i uh i went to mccarter straight out of law school and in law school during my two summers uh the first summer i clerked at the firm and the second summer i clerked at the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, and uh, upon graduation, went straight to McCarter, and I've been there for 40 years. And my practice initially uh, was mainly litigation, uh, but I developed a specialty in uh, uh, property tax valuation litigation. Um, people have property tax bills on their homes, on their businesses. We help them make sure that those tax assessments from the local tax assessor uh, are correct. And many times they are not correct. And that's what my crackerjack crew, I've got some terrific lawyers that work with me, paralegals, secretaries. I have a terrific team. And um, some years ago, we decided that uh, the borders of New Jersey were uh, too constricting for us. And we went national and the practice is national in scope and uh, we have handled and do handle and will handle tax appeals all over the country and uh, it's a very satisfying practice because clients love to get reduced tax bills and we love making our clients happy i love uh, that and yeah. there's some interesting we, we cover all the major real estate food groups so hotels, offices, uh, warehouses, multifamily residential, um, we're, we're all over uh, the, those particular property types. And these days with the pandemic and the economy being what it is, you can imagine the office properties and hotel properties are among the most challenged when it comes to value. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. Uh, multifamily residential and industrial warehousing is doing great. Uh, you know, the Amazons of the world need warehouses to distribute all the stuff that we order uh, that gets delivered to our front door. And the multifamily residential people 
people need a place to live and the housing market uh, particularly in this area is so overcooked that people are looking for rentals as a way to kind of wait out the um, incredible you know prices that people are seeing in single family homes these days so uh, that's what i do but our firm mccarter and english is a general purpose firm we have every practice area that you can imagine from corporate to litigation to tax to white collar criminal defense um, and uh, we uh, our our footprint is from boston down to washington dc with wow. several offices in between when i started at the firm we were uh, uh, pretty much one office newark with a couple of outposts in New York and Cherry Hill. And we were about 35, 40 lawyers. Today, we're over 400 uh, lawyers with offices, uh, as I said, from, from Boston. Just follow the Amtrak line. We're, we're on the Amtrak uh, Boston to DC circuit. So um, we are the oldest firm in New Jersey. Uh, and uh, one of our first clients was Annie Oakley back in the 1800s. And I'm not exactly sure what we did for her, but I know she was a client. <laughs> I am impressed that you like can pull that name out. Just, you know, like, oh yeah, Annie Oakley. Like, I don't think I could tell you who the first member of BIA was, <laughs> you know? Doubtful. And that wasn't even the 1800s, that was 1910. So, you know, it's yeah. even more recent. <laughs> Frank, don't you also do a little uh, teaching on the side? Don't you moonlight a little bit up I in- do. I yeah. do. I teach, uh, I teach real estate law for about eight years. I co-taught a class with my good friend, Father Frank Parker, up at Boston College, their uh, business school, the Carroll School of Business. And I, I really enjoyed that. And I have a fair amount of work up in the Boston area. So I, I had a good excuse to travel to our Boston office. But at some point, um, the commute got a little wearing. And uh, for the last seven or eight years now. I've been teaching at the NYU uh, real estate uh, program, the Shack uh, Institute, and I teach introduction to real estate law. And my students uh, every semester are just fantastic. I, I have met some brilliant people who are the future real estate moguls of the planet. <laughs> and it's truly, what, what really is fascinating is how diverse the student body at NYU is. I've got, and I refer to them as kids. They're they're not kids. They're adults. But my kids uh, come from China, uh, other countries in the Far East, uh, Europe, uh, all parts of the United States. And one of the things we do in the first class is I have everybody introduce themselves and and meet each other because one of the things I I tell them is you know you're going to be interacting with each other. You're going to be dealing with each other. And there are formal codes of ethics, but even more important than the formal code of ethics is the reputation you build with each other. Is that person a straight shooter or does that person have sharp elbows? Yeah. Can you trust that person or yeah, is that person's word something you really can't take to the bank? Yeah. And they get that. They understand that. And they do interact with each other, both in the class and outside the class. And the NYU environment is just fantastic. They've done a great job of creating 
the perfect kind of model for a real estate uh, program. And it, it has got quite a reputation here in the New York metropolitan area and elsewhere. And it's a very satisfying activity. So when I introduce Frank to people, I usually say he is the preeminent tax assessment appeal attorney in the country. And it's true. Your clients are some of the biggest in the world. I think, is that behind you? I can't quite tell. Is that? I generally don't mention my uh, client names at large. Right. And I, and I, I know you, you mean well. Uh, but no, uh, you're right. The, the the clients are some of the largest uh, owners of office properties, manufacturing, um, hotels, uh, developers, developers of vacant land, multifamily, residential, and uh, uh, so uh, while we don't mention any particular clients by name, they do run the gamut. You know what? I'll beep it out when we air the show. How's that? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> You know, large folks should be like, is that a bunch of behind you? <laughs> large, large to small, medium size. We uh, we we represent a very diverse uh, group of uh, of clients. Not just the large mega mega firms or mega companies. Um, you know, there's some developers that are just starting out. We we like to represent them and grow with them, and we can offer them the full menu. Of, uh, of services, not just the tax appeals, but if a, if a client is developing a property, I have one client right now that has plans to convert their office building to multifamily residential. Uh, I've introduced them to my partner who does planning board zoning work to help them with permits. I've introduced them to my partner who is an expert on uh, tax abatements, pilots, they're called payment in lieu of taxes to help them with <laughs> Uh, an assemblyman once said to me something about a, uh, a mixed-use property going up somewhere, and they said, we're just waiting on the pilot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're waiting for a person to fly an airplane? <laughs> and he aren't, was, you glad I, aren't you glad I defined pilot then? Well, that forced him to as well, but I, I had never heard that that phrase before, pilot, payment in lieu of taxes. As Vinny just did the ba-dum-bum uh, yes. sign. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's the full menu of services and we try to uh, make that full menu available uh, to clients and uh, and make sure that all their needs are serviced uh, so that their projects can come to fruition, their dreams can come to fruition. So it's a multivariate practice and it's been a wonderful 40 years thus far. Um, I have some terrific partners who are simply uh, the best at what they do um, and have become uh, good friends uh, of mine. Uh, so it's one of the reasons I've hung in there for 40 years and thank God no one uh, has succeeded in getting rid of me quite yet. <laughs> I mean, you know, your kids are through college at this point. You could theoretically retire if you wanted to, but you, I think you, you love it too much, right? I love practicing law and uh you know, I, I don't know what I what I would do. I mean, can you really play golf every single day uh, once you? I've return? heard some people tell me some things. I don't, I don't know. I guess yeah. you could try, Vinny. I yeah. mean, I guess the effort you can make the old college effort. Yeah. Uh, Probably be sore all the time, right? Like, all, you know, maybe it'd be good exercise. Who knows? As I said earlier, I've got a great group, and I'm I'm trying to make them do as much work as possible. 
so that uh, I've got a little bit of time for for golf and reading, and, um, you know. But uh, but I do enjoy practicing, I enjoy teaching, and uh, as long as the good Lord uh, allows me to continue doing that, that's uh, that's my intention. Nice. All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to play a game. All right, and we're back, and it is now time to play the game, Awful or Awesome. I'm going to name three things, and we each have to decide quickly if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend our answers. Ready? Ready. First up, HBO. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, awesome? I really like what they're doing lately. And sorry, I it sort of doesn't include the, the Sex and the City new whatever kim cattrall free yeah, how do you make sex in the city without kim cattrall that's just awful you rename it something stupid and I, and and... mr big died in the first episode that's not a spoiler right like it's the yeah, first no. episode so yeah and i heard that um not only did he die but carrie just sort of watched it happen she she didn't call 911 she didn't like i don't know that's a stone cold killer right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm a big fan i'm gonna say awesome but um with with the one caveat that i don't know i think Sarah Jessica Parker gets like a little bit too much airtime. Hmm. But I love this. I, I can go awesome. I mean, um, I uh, I get HBO for free because we're AT and T cell phone subscribers. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't subscribe. But it's it's good stuff. You know, they um, they've been putting all their the the Warner Brothers theatrical movies on there this year, so it gives it that added value. You know, good stuff. Yeah. I'll go with awesome too. The reason I got HBO was because of the series that uh, you know grabbed us, captured us, and that my wife and I binge rewatch all the time, and that's Sopranos. Um, and recently, we just got into Succession, as I think I mentioned earlier, and that's grabbed us. So I think uh, you know, and their specials, their documentaries, just uh, interesting stuff. So. From Sopranos to Secession. Interesting how they both start with S, isn't it? No, it is. It's a success, as it were. Um, <laughs> it's, I can't um, to watch Barry, but uh, maybe I'll talk about that on another show if I start it. I heard that was great. I heard that yeah, it I heard is it's phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and I need to catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm yeah. currently rewatching The Sopranos. I'm midway through uh, season six, part one, and. That is a great, great show. I forgot how funny. I forgot how funny it is. It's so funny. Which one is that, Kate? Uh, The Sopranos season. No, that season six, part one. He's saying, so, like, what's going on in the show oh, around that time? So Tony just got out of the hospital. He was uh, Kevin Finnerty for a little while. He was in uh, sort of purgatory, we think. He's out of the hospital, and he's trying to regain his footing, and he's feeling really close to Carmela. But then that, 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 um, fetching real estate agent Juliana Skiff shows up on the scene trying to get Jamba Juice into one of his locations and he he feels very torn I think yeah so um yeah it's great great show great show Love it. all right uh next up golf outings and oh is that a phone does anybody need to get that my fax machine I'm sorry that's okay it happens all good. So I, took the phone, I took the phone out of the room, but the fax machine is a little larger, immovable impressive. object. It's impressive. I, I wouldn't even think that someone would fax. 
anymore, <laughs> you know, let alone while you're recording. Yeah, most, you know, of it, most of it is uh, solicitations that mm. we take the paper, turn it over, and use it for scratch paper so that yeah. we're not losing uh, pulp. Yeah. <laughs> All right, golf outings. I'm going to say awesome. Absolutely like awesome for me, too. Yeah. We, uh, is that we something have... that even needs to be defended? I mean, isn't that just a, so. an axiom in, in, you know, Western culture? Uh, some Eastern people don't culture. golf. Some people don't golf, and so maybe yeah. they don't understand. Like, Vinny doesn't golf, but I think Vinny still I don't golf. golf. I, I'm not going to call it awful. I, it's fine. Um, I'm kind of neutral on this one. We, we have a, a golf outing at BIA every year. And uh, I have a lot of fun at that. You know, I, I haven't gotten to go in a few years, not even specifically COVID, but I think within our staff, we made it a lot more efficient where we don't need all hands on deck anymore. But for a lot of years there, you know, I got to drive a golf cart around. I got Kate to hang out with my... Yeah. <laughs> never. Baloney. You, yeah. So we have uh, our golf outing is May 24th. So save the date. And yeah, Vinny, I'll see if I can get you on the list so you can uh, write uh, Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just invited. I think I, you were. I think you were absolutely. Go. Save the date, yeah. Frank. Where, um, where is it going to be? Is it the same place it's been for the last few? Yeah, it's going to be at Fiddler's Elbow. And in fact, um, if you're free, I'll make sure that you get to play in my foursome. How about that? I'm ready. Kate yeah. actually gets to play. <laughs> Everybody else has to do some kind of work on it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, the camera's not pointed in the direction, but I did, uh, not to brag or anything, but this year I was lucky enough back in September to get my first hole-in-one, and it was at Fiddler's Elba. So, uh, and what? interestingly oh. enough, that was not the highlight of my week. The highlight wow. of that week was my grandson being born. First, oh, grandma. yeah, you got to give it to that. I mean, that, that you, know, you can say that. All in one was secondary, you know. All right, amazing. All right. What hole was it at? 17th hole of the forest course, 165 yards over a lake. I hit a hybrid. It, uh, I have a lot of balls in that lake, by the way. I, What's a hybrid? Uh, a, hybrid a hybrid is, is like an iron, but it's really a metal club. Oh, okay. These are, distance gotcha uh, and uh, it hit the green and my son was with me and a client was with me and hit the green we saw it roll and then disappear into the cup and uh i was very calm about it i think i threw my club <laughs> 100 feet in the air <laughs> i don't blame you at all i would throw i would do exactly the same let's put it this way a lot of drinks were consumed at the bar that afternoon i got bet. it yeah. It's worth celebrating for sure. Uh, okay, last one, snowboarding. And when I said this word to both of you in advance, you both said, what? And I basically took a noun and I turned it into a verb. So She sent me the outline of the show and I thought it was a typo and it was supposed to be snowboarding. I, <laughs> I, I know what a snowbird is, but I never heard it referred to as snowbirding. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I, I coined that. Like a verb. <laughs> I, I, I took a noun and I just made it a verb. <laughs> sure. All right. So I'm going to say awesome because um, someday, I mean, I'm getting to be a point where I'm, I'm slowly, not slowly, quickly thinking about retirement. Like I'm not old enough to do that yet. I've got like 20-ish more years ahead of me, <laughs> but I'm already thinking it would be really nice to, to live someplace in, in like the, uh, the summertime that's not super hot, but be able to go somewhere in the winter time where it's not super cold. 
Yeah, I know. I know you're looking. You're you're probably looking to settle down in Minnesota one day, right? So, like, okay. what do you think would be like the the hotter place to go? You know, it would be here. <laughs> you snowbirds in New Jersey. You know, we would miss you. <laughs> you make a really interesting point. Winters in New Jersey are not bad compared to winters in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah. Like the New York theater scene is still pretty hopping in the wintertime in, in New York. As long as you've got like the appropriate weather gear, I could probably snowbird in Jersey. There you go. <laughs> I can get behind that. Right. One of you guys. Probably, you'd probably be the only person snowbirding. In <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the more popular candidates might be Arizona. Yeah. Florida. South Carolina. You know, okay, so my, my brother lives in Florida and uh, he sent me a photo of his place. And um, was it my mom? Yeah, my mom sent me a photo of his backyard and there's some like water area. And they were saying that that's where the alligators are. And I, I thought he was kidding at first, but apparently he wasn't. Why would there you deal are, with that? There, like, there are, I, are we snowbird in, in Florida and particularly in, in Tampa and Kate knows why because that's where the Yankee spring training facility is. And that's why we go to that area of the state. Yep, hardcore. And there are, there are uh, alligators everywhere. You have to everywhere. every body of water has an alligator in it. Why so, would you want to spend your retirement time there? Yeah. I'm just saying Jersey is, is pretty cool. You know? <laughs> I, I have no dispute that New Jersey is pretty cool. It's wonderful, wonderful place. But that warm weather is very attractive in the wintertime. It really is. Huh. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I just um, keep thinking about alligators like feral cats. Like you walking, you, you walk from your your house to your car, and there's an alligator walking down the street. Like that's yeah, just, it's just like run of the mill standard. Will not bother you unless you bother them. I don't believe that. That's not what the movies have taught me. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't believe that at all. I think that's just them trying to lull you into a false sense of security. That right. could be. That could yeah. be. It's possible. You can't like, trust those alligators. They're like <laughs> modern day dinosaurs, aren't they? It's a stereotype. But certainly they're not trustworthy mean, people. People have done some silly things. For example, leaving their pets tethered to a leash outside unsupervised. Oh, that's, just, that's just alligator bait. That's just not something you should be doing. I'm imagining that scene from Jurassic Park where they, they tie up the lamb or whatever it is. You know? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. it's terrible. Something tells me this is going to be bleeped out. I can. No, no, we're going to keep this, I promise. But we will <laughs> move like, on. Then he's like watching Kate cry as comedy gold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, earlier in the show, you were telling us about COVID and its effect on uh, the real estate law. I, I was thinking, like, um, you guys do both residential and commercial, right? Yes. So I, I noticed that there was a lot of, we'll call it fluctuation in both the residential and commercial real estate market in the last couple of years. How'd that affect you guys? There's no question that the pandemic has played a role in what we do and in property values in general. Um, you know, when at the height of the pandemic, when people were not traveling, uh, occupancy rates uh, at hotels uh, were down dramatically. And that affects their ability to generate revenue and that affects their property value. So um, office properties as well. I mean, the jury is still out. Is the world going to return uh, to, you know, commuting to offices or is there going to be a more permanent 
cultural shift that has people working remote and staying at home and thus not having as much need, as much demand for office space as they did in the past. That could affect the market value of office properties as well. And we've hey. seen that. We've seen it to some extent. Uh, but, you know, uh, as one client reminded me many, many years ago after the unfortunate events of 9-11, many people were saying, you know, we'll never fly again. We'll never work in tall office buildings again. Yeah. That didn't happen. That didn't come to pass. People did return to flying. People did return to skyscraper office buildings. And this might be a passing thing as well. It might all be just one big bad memory. And I, I don't know about that. I, I think the difference is we're talking about a, a thing of convenience. You know, you yourself was saying before COVID, you loved working in Boston, right? But you didn't like that commute. If only there was a way that you could continue working there without has necessarily having to do that five hour commute, you might There's have no stayed. Question. No question about that, Vinny, but there are there are differences. There are things you miss. I worry about mentoring young lawyers. I have some young lawyers in my group and I wanna have FaceTime with them. I wanna have you know, time to share stories and share experiences because I think it's important to their development as attorneys. Uh, and I'm sure that's the case in many uh, work uh, groups, not just lawyers. So mentoring is important. Creativity, you know, you really don't want to underestimate um, the number of times just fortuitously that you come across somebody at the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler discussion. Yep. Uh, hey, what do you think about, or have you ever come across this situation? And that kind of exchange, um, when, when there's no spontaneity and you have to set up a meeting uh, on Zoom or whatever system you're using, um, uh, that kind of spontaneity doesn't always happen and you lose something. So I know that at our firm, our goal is to get everyone back. And everyone? In the office, yes. I mean, wow. there, there will be exceptions. There will be flexibility. There's no question about that. Um, but the goal is to, by and large, try to get us back to where we were pre-pandemic. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But I think trying. we're looking at a hybrid model in the long term. I think, Could you know, you're right. There are certain situations where it's just better to be in person. But I, I think the cat's out of the bag, the, the jar is open, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I think the convenience of work from home and now the, the trust that we have both ways. Like in the past, your employer might never have let you spend two months working from home. But now it's, it's like, yeah, if you can get your work done, by all means, you know, just do it. So I think just the convenience alone and the, the work life balance that it allows for. Um, I, I don't think that's going away anytime. You make an excellent point. You really do. <laughs> I was wondering, I was thinking, I was just thinking about uh, how different things are now compared to two years ago. Like uh, Frank remembers, like you and I were out probably two or three nights a week and there were constant lunch meetings and coffee appointments. And I was on the road so more than I ever, ever, ever thought I would be. I was on the road 90 percent of the time and now I am like these four walls are my companions I sound like I sound like a prisoner I'm not a prisoner in my own home but it's just I was just she's thinking she's gonna be that. holding up a sign that says I am help me please 
Kate, yeah. Kate, blink twice if you need help, if you're being yeah. held hostage. Blink twice if we need to liberate you. It would be pretty funny because I live alone. So who would be holding me hostage? The cats, probably. Who the knows? <laughs> anyway, I think uh, I think that that might be our show. Except Frank, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they uh, if they'd like your professional op opinion or advice on something. Thank you. Well, um, our phone number at McCarter is nine seven three six two two four 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 four. Uh, McCarter in English, uh, uh, at my office is located in downtown Newark at Gateway 4, um, the complex at Gateway 4, and um, you can find us on the web, uh, mccarterinenglish.com, and uh, this was really a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be part of this, and thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Pleasure was all ours. Absolutely. Thank you, too, to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And on behalf of Vinny Civitillo, thank you so much to Frank Ferrugia of McCarter & English for joining us today. See you next time. Bye.